just clocked out for the end of the weekend, gotten home after a 30 minute drive out to the suburbs. You've got to take out the trash. You've got to help clean the dishes and then you've got to find the lost remote. Welcome to the lost remote podcast. I am Arthur joined of course by Zach and Brian and this week, we are watching the Joe Dante classic, The Burbs. Classical suburbia, nothing much to see, just a quiet place to enjoy your weekend and keep your yard clean. On this little section of Americana, everything's normal, except for the new neighbors, the Clopex. All we had to do was witness a little night digging, enjoy some sardine lunches, and have a missing neighbor and Ray, Mark, and Art decide that enough is enough, and they're going to investigate the Klopex, however, whatever means necessary. While Corey Feldman and friends enjoy the show. Guys, the Burbs. Uh, Tom Hanks. Is this his first dad role? It's got to be kind of the start of like a segue, right? You know, from his bachelor party days and then big and stuff like that. Ah, this was was this um this was was this after uh, Dragnet? Uh, one moment. I mean, roundabout the same time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's roundabout the same it, time. It, it'd take a little bit to get through that filmography. Dragnet. Hanks. <laughs> well, I'm I'm there. Dragnet, then Big, then Punchline, then Verbs. Yeah. yeah. So it's right before Turner and Hooch. Like I don't see anything else where like he's he's a dad. Until like sleepless in Seattle, so it's kind of an interesting move for him. I feel like because he just well, played the biggest kid. He was known for a bachelor part. Oh, mo- well, Money Pit. He was married, so it's well, like he was kind the, of his way into. He was the drunk uncle in Family Ties. Okay, <laughs> I mean, he was the drunk uncle. <laughs> I never watched any Family Ties. Well, that that's. I can promise you that's not a dad character. <laughs> but that was uh, that was before he was in Bachelor Party, so... <laughs> sure. That still works, someone in a Bachelor Party. I, I just thought it was interesting. It stood out to me. Um, it stood out to me that, like, this is pretty close to when Big was released, and you go from being the big kid to, uh, you know, wife and kid in the movie. So yeah, I think maybe uh, Nothing in Common might be. Because he was, that's where he, uh, I think it's Jackie Gleason's his opposite. Hmm. And he, like, puts his job on hold to take care of his dad. Again. Kind of, yeah. Not a dad role. Yeah. <laughs> I, but a caretaker I don't know, you know role. what the definition of dad is. Because you've thrown out uncle and helping your own dad. <laughs> I guess that's technically a dad role. Because it's working. Anyway. Uh Joe Dante's The Burbs. What do you guys think? I don't want to get too much well, into Well, I mean, I'll get it out of the way. Uh, yeah. This movie on the food front had, you know, <laughs> quite a variation. As you mentioned in the intro, the sardines did <laughs> not look terribly appetizing. But yet, at the beginning of the movie, we had an excellent spread for breakfast that only really the neighbor ate, including dog food. Dog food. Yeah. Art, Art really dove into that breakfast. Yeah, and then the ribs and brought out a pineapple for whatever reason, like a whole pineapple. <laughs> yep. He just helps himself to their fridge. I like it. Yeah. Very neighborly stuff going on. They didn't seem to mind too much. 
I think Is it's that... a common occurrence <laughs> that Art constantly eats their food. Sure. Especially when his wife's away. Yeah. Zach, initial thoughts? Uh, I really enjoy this. I enjoy uh, how Corey Feldman throughout this movie uh, thinks this is the greatest place in the world to be. This is the greatest show. Uh, Ray, Mark, and Art are Looney Tunes as well as the old neighbor down the way. And uh, yeah, I mean, he just... For for a teenager to want to stay at home to watch his neighbors instead of going to concerts and movies and watching TV is a pretty good pretty good uh, explanation of how nuts these this neighborhood really is. I, I, I want to talk about his character for a moment. Um, it, it this was it, it kind of gave me a um, a sweet treat vibe. His 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 whole character throughout the movie. I was curious, and it, but it's not sweet treat enough because there's not enough information to go on. Uh, I know that his parents were away, right? Because there's a mention when your parents get back to town or whatever, or getting into yeah. town. It was like offhand comment by, I think, his girlfriend or something. I'm kind of wondering, because he is, he is being... He's acting a certain way, like very... Uh, stoner-esque rocker you know band kid kind of thing but there's other tells like he's hanging out with one of the neighbors across the street uh was he drinking a beer yeah he he was drinking a beer with art yeah (laughs) um and he had a lighter he seemed like i i have a suspicion this is just a this is a suspicion of mine this is why it's almost sweet treat territory but we don't actually get um any confirmation do you think he bought that house for his parents? Do you think he's actually well off because he did some like he's like an actual band person? He's he, he's in the business and he's painting the house like it's a gift for his parents or something. I do appreciate that. Yeah, I, because I like the he, 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 he behaves like a child, yet he is also behaving like an adult in this movie. I think that he is in a a lot of like the reason why they tell him to paint the house is they know that I think his parents probably ride his butt a lot and he's kind of doesn't do his chores as quickly. So I think that's why like paint your house. I don't don't think I don't think he's a rich. We never get any confirmation on that. That's why I was throwing it out there. Like we don't know why he's painting the house. He's just painting the house. Yeah. And we don't get the introduction or the only talk about his parents is that they will soon be in town, like next week. That's it. Yeah, they're coming home next week, and he has to have the house painted or something like that. Yeah, uh-huh. but I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe Brian. It's very interesting. Well, see, I wanted to know. Like that was a suspicion of mine I had earlier on in the movie, and then we finally get a peek on the inside of the house, and we get the confirmation that the parents will be living there. I look inside the house. I go, no, that is not his house. Like if if he were to own the house, it would not look like that on the inside. Um, but yeah, I was just curious what you guys might have thought of that. Uh, I think it's a fun theory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause, um, yeah, it was just, it was odd because he, he was, he seemed, I don't know. It, like, it is odd that parents would leave a, a 15 year old or 16 year old kid home for a, over a week by themselves. Not really, not in those days, man. Yeah, but that's the assumption you're making that he's, he's 15 or 16. 
I'm I'm saying he's he's my 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 guess is that he may have he may actually have somehow made some bank maybe in the music industry maybe he's in like you know what I'm saying your head cannon has run to amazing places <laughs> well it just I, stuck I, out if, to if me if that if that was the thing so if if that was actually intended in the movie I don't think so Right, but I, it, but I mean, it's it's ambiguous enough. I would have thought you might have seen a logo for his band more or something, or see something that like tips you off. Uh-huh. Um, but he does have cool friends, and he is able to afford a large amount of pizza. But yes, it could just be wealthy parents and the burbs, man. Like it's it a nice be. neighborhood. But I, I'm just it. it mm, so, something struck me as odd, outside <laughs> the norm of his character. And did this role get him? Uh, his spot is Donatello. Pizza dude. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's very. Uh, it definitely sticks out, doesn't it? Yeah, it sure does. Uh man, this one's such a good Feldman uh, role. I I really like the usage of him here. Yeah. As our, it, it's 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 a weird movie when Feldman's your normal person, right? Mm-hmm. Like I know he's the stoner party guy, but he's like he's a normal. Stoner party guy, and everyone else is just like caricatures of the neighbors you would have. Uh, you know, the very uh, the veteran who hasn't quite left any of it behind, and the however we describe art, and then you know the I just want to relax on my weekend. Uh, Tom Hanks, yeah, and the and the don't get on my grass old man type person you know like yeah. there's always that when you'd be walking through your neighborhood that's my grass who gives a shit he gets grass i remember when we got yelled at by somebody one time when we were walking down a neighborhood because of his grass <laughs> i just i can you imagine being that type of person i don't know. it that's may what, depend it may depend that's there that's what i'm striving real. to be is i want to be the, the get off my lawn old man Mm. Get off my lawn! Yeah, but they could always teach you like how to find like a treasure map or something like that. Adventurous kids have a way, well, at least in the '80s, of like locating money and stuff like that, or well, or <laughs> or stopping Dracula. So if you're the old man, like think about if scary German guy would have told the kids to like get off their lawn instead of giving them some pie. That's a conversation <laughs> for a different movie, but. Yes. Just consider so, the impact of what you're saying. Who are you calling the get off my lawn guy? Is it Mark? The guy with the hairpiece. The yeah. Uh, the, the old man that goes. Yeah, to the he hospital. would be a get off my lawn type guy. What? We, we yeah we never got we never got that actual moment, Zach. What he's doing is he's applying the man with the best lawn. Yeah, uh, is probably he sends the, the dog to someone else's yard. Yeah, is going yeah, to be a yes. That's what I was going to say. He's like, sends his dog to crap in Mark's yard. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, that might make me upset. <laughs> Folks, we're talking about Queenie. Queenie, uh, Queenie, the Queenie has the moment of the movie. Uh, so, <laughs> the reason I love this movie so much, and it really hit me as I've gotten older and, and like, seen almost all of his movies and then other movies... Joe Dante is one of my top tier, just like all time directors. And that moment with the stare down, there's a like a 
everyone watching as Art and uh, what Tom Hanks's character go to like go up to the porch to try to knock on the neighbor's door or whatever. Yeah. And there's like this spaghetti Western style zoom on everyone's face as they're watching. And the last one it zooms into is Queenie the dog's face. <laughs> All time great moment in cinema history. I just yeah. uh, unbelievable how good that is. Uh, yeah. You guys Joe Dante fans? Should we talk about his work at all? Well, I, I will admit I have a staggering ignorance of just directors' works uh, unless they're spoken of a lot. So I'm actually not really aware of what much of Mr. Dante has done. So sometimes I am, sometimes I'm not. But just keep in mind the humor and the kind of like dark layer that's here and the music yeah. choices. And I'm going to go through... Uh, first, the couple early ones, and then the ones where it's going to be like, oh, okay. Uh -huh. So Piranha, The Howling. Hey, 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 he's talking. <laughs> what, what, what was Zach saying? Like jumping around? Said, in the... No, I said he's made some really good stuff, though. And yeah. like I, I, I was like Brian. I was, I'm ignorant to yeah. what he's done. So, no shame. Yeah. No so, shame. So, so you want to just talk over me saying it? Yeah. <laughs> and then Gremlins. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. His style, but I just, he, he does, he's such a great student of, of film. He's always got really good camera work and he, he finds like, there's always really fun musical applications in it. And he just has those little, like those moments of like that zoom in the Western style. Like he's got a great lot of stuff there. Uh, Explorers. Yeah. Oh my. Yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. Yeah, I'm a I'm a huge fan of this guy. Though. Gremlins two, uh, producer and director of multiple <laughs> episodes of Erie, Indiana, which was awesome and a great like doorway to macabre stuff for like and weird stuff for kids in the '90s. Um, Small Soldiers is really good. Looney Tunes back in action. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Um. I'm trying to think if he's done anything more recently that stood out. Not really, but I'm a huge Joe Dante fan. He was one of the one of those people in the uh, Roger Corman, uh, not not school of movie making, but the cheap, low paid school of movie making. Mm -hmm. uh, when he did like Piranha and stuff, and the thing with Corman was always, you can work with me. And if you're good, I won't be able to afford you in a movie or two. And that was Joe Dante. <laughs> uh, Zach, any other standouts or thoughts from that list? Uh, yeah, he did Inner Space, which I really enjoy. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, he worked on Rock and Roll High School, which I really like, too, from the late 70s, I believe. With yeah, uh, it, the Ramones. It says uncredited, so I don't... Yeah, I just what. think he worked on it. He's probably like an AD or something. But still, can't he counts, man. He worked on it. Right. Okay. I didn't say he directed it. He worked on it. Well, it sounds like this guy definitely had a golden era of what movies he did. And... It sounds like it. Yeah. Yeah, and he's he's been the... The one thing I do respect about him, and some people don't like it, is he has been the, the leading force in keeping a Gremlins remake or Gremlins 3 from coming. Because if it's not a good story or the right story, he's not interested in letting it get made. Nice. And I really respect that he's standing up for that. Um, he, uh, 
But yeah, he's just such a great student of filmmaking, and it really shows in something like this. And so it's yeah. that blend. He's not a Tim Burton in, in like the overuse of the thing, but he's another one who has like an appreciation for marrying the normal with the macabre. He just does it a different way, I think. Um, you know, so anyway, uh, that's that's what draws me to this movie quite a bit is Dante's filmmaking overall. Yeah, and it also looks like he's got five new projects that he's working on, too. So I'm very excited to see new stuff come out from him. But under which section of his credits? Producing, directing? Director. Upcoming projects at the very top. Uh, I want to see Labyrinthus. Is that showing this director with that? I only see two things that are pre-production with director. Yeah, that's pre-production. Yeah, and then he's got three in development. I don't see uh, that. Monster Love. Doesn't show that oh. under his directing. Okay. Where are you looking? <laughs> I am I just don't know where you go for some of your... <laughs> All over the place. So the burbs. So... We got our Tom Hanks. We got our Feldman. Uh, should we talk about the Klopek? Should we talk about the uh, just the overall feel of it? What, where do you want to go, Brian? Well, we talked about the food. I kind of I, I can appreciate. I, I kind of like the idea that this is all pretty much taking place. I mean, we we've, we've talked about. Um, minimal locations before and how in, in some some movies it's kind of makes them drag on a bit when it comes to but that's usually because they're stuck in like one room or one house I kind of like the idea that this is like just a, a small section of a neighborhood and it, it, it feels like there's just so many places they're going you know you, you know they go you, you go from Tom Hanks's house and you go and it's mostly lawn to lawn but they still feel like, like on a on a small scale, it, it just feels a lot more like larger than it actually is. You know what I'm saying? It's so it's almost like the uh, yeah. It's like a mini adventure. I was gonna say it's like an Avengers level threat in the neighborhood. <laughs> yeah, kind of <laughs> or, thing. Or but like scaled down to a neighborhood, you know? Yeah. And it, it just yeah, it seems like. You could have almost done a movie from all the neighbors' perspectives, but we we went with with Tom Hanks' characters. That's how I felt watching Cloverfield. Is I would have liked more angles or like more styles to that first movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, this would have been fun with a different art. Art. Tom Hanks uh, always good with freakouts. There's some good Hanks freakout here. Yeah, uh, Brian. I want to guess one of your favorite lines in the movie. Okay. So just Good. just tell me if I'm right. I'm going to set okay. the stage. We uh, the neighbors have gone over to the Klopeks, who they are the weird uh, foreign. Where did did we decide? Did we figure out where they were from? I know they ask and they say like no. Uh, did they ever say which country they're from, or are they just un unidentified East European? I think it was, uh, I can't quite recall. Okay. The Klopeks, yeah. very odd 
looking folks were in their home and uh, the neighbors are trying to get some information out of them yeah. and they have an idea of maybe the they're, they're mentioning that they don't remember seeing the family that lived there move out and the one guy goes <laughs> well you should have seen the van it was outside yeah. all day. Yes. that was a pretty good one I could see you just saying that like all the time if this had been like one of your rotation movies yeah <laughs> I'm <Yeah>. not surprised <laughs> No, it, it. I do appreciate that kind of humor. It's you know, he. I, I like annoyed person humor when they're just like stating a fact that there was a van outside the entire day when they were moving in. Funny you missed it, you know that kind of thing. And I, just, the callbacks are so great, Zach. What do you got? Yeah. I I think uh, brother Theodore who plays Ruben is. Uh, just fantastic in this like you are the neighbor <laughs> you know every every line he has i think yeah. is pretty great i like whenever uh, carrie fisher talks about how they never went over there when the clats live there and he's like how fortunate for the clats yep <laughs> <laughs> <Just> <laughs> yeah he absolutely destroys in this movie yeah um yeah the whole klopek family dynamic is very mm -hmm. perfect uh, mm -hmm. We get our uh, our Courtney Gaines uh, in there. Well, he was uh, Children of the Corn, right? Yeah. It was Malachi. One of the you're like, why is this Klopek kid so weird? And it's like, oh, it's Malachi from Children of the Corn. Um, and then you've got you know Henry Gibson as the Doctor, my brother, the Doctor. Yeah. <laughs> it's the best. Uh, yeah, we haven't even really touched on the fact that Carrie Fisher's in here, just playing yeah. a nice suburban mom. Why uh, don't you ask him? Sorry, <laughs> I love that part too. The brother to Dr. Carrie Fisher's fantastic. And uh, the way I like how she treats Tom Hanks uh, for parts of it, like he's her, he's he's the child and how he talks, how she talks to Art. Yeah. So I think that's that's amazing. She's like, no, he can't come out because he's not feeling well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I so the clip I uh, wind up pulling uh, occasionally and sharing for like different things is the I want to kill everyone right now or like Satan is good Satan yeah. is bad. oh yeah yeah well, right you're 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 talking you're you're speaking in tongues when he thinks he's like going turning into a Satanist because of yeah. what's going on and he's really just like telling his friend to shut up. <laughs> It's got like a good little beat to it. Like, I want to kill so, everyone. Yeah. And, and then whenever Ray has his dream right after that, that's what they're chanting. Yep. <laughs> <Playing it back. laughs> um, so whenever I watch this until the end, I always forget. I, I think Art's wife has left him for most of this movie until the very end of it. Like he's so far out there with some of his stories and theories and how he acts that I, I thought he was, you know, she she split on him. Well, I mean, this is this and then she is shows movie, up at the end. This is a movie about um, when you have nothing to do, you make your own fun. Yeah, that's what this movie uh, is for the most part. There, 
They're so bored that they're entertaining themselves. Tom Hanks is on, Tom Hanks is on vacation. He claims he's there to re- relax, but he finds this enter, like entertaining adventure, even though it, 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 he he's not. It, 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 he claims that he's n- not doing this for that reason, but that that's that's the only reason he's doing it. There's no there's no like oh, I mean. Granted, at the end of the movie, things are validated, but um, <clears throat> throughout throughout the, the entirety of the film, like there's no real reason, other than very suspicious uh, activities going on and noises in the night, and you know, th- without evidence. But they're they they make all these assumptions and they have to try to prove it. And the adventure is finding the hidden treasures, uh, aka the missing neighbor, <laughs> that kind of thing. And uh, yeah, that's what it is. And the three adult men who have little to do decide to have a little adventure with uh, one young adult male watching the whole thing in 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 a great deal of humor. <laughs> yeah. um, so I appreciate it on that level. It's like, oh, it's just you know, yeah. That's, that's it. Is it's the make your own, be the hero of your own story. Yeah. Uh, we've got a that guy alert, and I know we'd kind of stop doing that from time to time, but if it's a Joe Dante movie, you're going to have a that guy alert because he uses Dick Miller in every one of his movies uh, yeah. as one of the garbage men. Um, yeah. Dick, Dick Miller, of course, the futterman from Gremlins uh, and Gremlins 2. Uh, in many, 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 many other roles. I'm a big Dick Miller fan. You're ready uh, for him this time, huh? Do what? I said you're ready for him this time, huh? For for Dick Miller? Yeah. Why? What do you mean by ready that's for him? The, that's his line in Gremlins after the fight. They tried it oh, again, but we were ready for ready him this for time. Ready for him this time, yeah. We got him this time. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, he fights the uh, the gremlin or the uh, yep. and the, the bat gremlin, yeah, as, as well. So, uh, I what I really enjoy about the garbage man scene is when Mark and Art go and throw all the trash on the street, and the garbage man just leave it there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because <laughs> it's their job to take I, it from the trash no can. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I like I like the legal discussions as well. Well, about, it's, it's about it's, trash. It's public property as soon as it's in the can uh, in the can at the curb. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. And then Mark, Mark, I'm not picking up. You're going to pick it up. <laughs> I, I like the callback to it later when they're driving over it, when they're leaving. Yeah. It, when the Popex are leaving. Great callbacks. Great setup. Um, yeah. Any, if I had been them, I'd have been like, what is this? Why is what are our neighbors doing to us? Why do they hate us? Right. And I'm sure they were just thinking, how quickly can we kill and eat all of them? <laughs> yeah. The um, uh, what uh, what was your favorite kind of like sight gag? I know for me, one of my favorites was the the credit cards melted after he gets shocked from like trying to walk on the power lines or whatever. Or, like, climb on the power lines to get over there. You know, he's taking like, out his wallet to try to open the front door. And yeah, I like that whole that whole 
like sequence right there. And I like how Tom Hanks pulls out his own credit card and breaks it in half. Trying, yeah. I don't know how to pick the lock. Snaps his credit card, and then uh, Art. Well, that's a that's a piece of crap story anyway. <laughs> that, yes. <laughs> yes. The dialogue's on point. Um, the uh, writer on this, Dana Olson, uh, I saw a comment that said it was like Dana's uh, original idea, also wrote Memoirs of an Invisible Man, which I watched a lot when it came out, the uh, Chevy Chase Invisible Man movie. I was a big fan. Yep. And then another screenplay, George of the Jungle. Oh, goody. Yeah, I don't know. So anyway. Uh, I really like the scene where... Art's talking to Tom Hanks' character, and it's in the backyard, and he's trying to talk himself out of getting more involved and searching with the neighbors and trying to figure what out what's going on, you know. And then the dog comes up to Art with a human leg bone. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Initially, he just throws it, and yeah. (laughs) yeah. I thought that was a fun scene because when they realized it's too. there, then, then I like Tom the, Hanks was hooked. Yeah, I like the beginning of that too, Brian, where Tom Hanks when he's like, "Ray, what are you doing? Napping?" He's like, "No, I'm just laying here with my eyes closed." <laughs> <laughs> oh, and I also liked the play it cool scene after the visit with the Copex, where he yeah. found the the wig. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he's that was just nice. A, <laughs> no, he's I, he's talking about when when he's leaving the house, right? No, well, not when he's leaving the house. When um when uh, the wives are telling the husbands that they're crazy and they need to stop this, and Tom Hanks pulls a I agree with the wives maneuver in order to get the wives out of this. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then the guys are like you know real disappointed in him, and he pulls them off to another room, and the then he. Sh- then he, the big reveal that he found the neighbor's wig in their house after he had put it back in the neighbor's house after they yeah. broke he it. Also, he also found it in between a bunch of his neighbor's magazines. Yeah. <laughs> not a, not an easy uh, clue there that maybe they were picking up the mail. But I yeah. mean, missing neighbor and find their hairpiece. Like, yeah. It's, there's some but, uh, suspicion there. Yeah. What the the scene I really enjoy is I enjoy a lot of the stuff with Art um, because he's just a loon in this. I uh I do like when he electrocutes himself and his like fingers are all black, his fingernails are all black and his gloves are all burnt. Yeah. I like when he's breaking into the backyard when they're uh when Ray and his wife and Mark and his wife are inside having their beating the Clopex and then Corey Feldman throws the pickaxe over the fence at him and it hits them and they start laughing. I assume it hits them with how they laugh. <laughs> well, I like the fact that in order to disable the alarm, uh, he, you know, that's why he, he electrocutes himself, <clears throat> but, uh, they think he did a real good job on cutting the power out to uh, the neighbor's house when in reality they cut the power out to the whole neighborhood, <laughs> which we find out later. <laughs> yep. Like, well done. I guess that is one way to do it. Yes, yes, yes. Hey, take out everything and take no, out everything. Sure. <clears throat> yeah. Just uh, pull up to orbit, nuke them. Only way to be sure. 
So Arthur, uh, exactly yeah. why was this a pick for you? I don't know. Uh, okay, so good question. Thank you. I, when we get to the rankings, you'll see where it sits for me. Mm-hmm. But this is a summer movie for me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just part of the vibe is that summer vacation in there. I think, <clears throat> I think it's one that gets forgotten a little bit. Um, you know, I have the a couple of years ago, Arrow did a nice Blu-ray restoration of it. And there's one of the fun things on there is Joe Dante still had a work print of an original version that has some different stuff in there. And so there's like a three quarter tape version that's included on there. That's fun to watch. But I just think Joe Dante gets left out of the conversation sometimes from the 80s directing boom. Like that 70s, 80s list of names. And to me, throughout his career, one of the people whose work has always spoken to me and bid something I would want to keep seeing was Joe Dante. So The Burbs is just an absolute treat. It's fun. It moves along well. It's got Feldman before he lost his mind. Like, it just, it's got everything including a skull in a basement and exploding houses. Like, yeah, I just, I want people to want to see it and well, enjoy it. You know, I just, I wanted to know, cause I will let you know that this viewing of the movie was my first time watching it completely through. Wow. It's just not, it's just a movie that's never really stuck with me to sit down and watch. Um, Something nothing- clicked. Yeah, nothing, nothing, nothing has really changed on that. It just isn't my cup of tea for choosing to sit down and watch. But I, I didn't have to struggle through it. Thank God. Sure. You know, it's just like it. It, it just you know, it's it's a movie I could watch, but I just often don't choose to. For me, and before Zach kind of gets into his, like, there's always something else to watch in in it. The camera work. You know, the little musical cues, the effects, just the performances. Like, I, I think there's a lot to dissect here. So I always, I, I always have something when I go back to it. Yeah. What about you, Zach? Ah, man, I've seen this a few times. Um, it, it normally does fall out of my rotation because I don't buy a whole lot of media anymore. I mainly just stream. And so if I notice it's on something streaming every once in a while, I'll check it out. But. I mean, I enjoy it. It's not my favorite Dante work. Um, not your favorite? No. <laughs> Great. Well, I mean, but, when, but, he, when he's done a film like Gremlins. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, cool. <laughs> but what I'm saying, I mean, I, I enjoy it, but it's just, I mean, it's, you know, it, it's something I can watch. It's just not my favorite uh, work of really anybody that's in it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Besides uh, Brother Theodore. <laughs> yeah, I think you've got one of the best actors of the 80s and one of my favorite directors of the 80s and a lot of great character actors in there. So, yeah. Uh, anyway. No, I, I enjoy the movie. I'm just saying it's, it's just it's just one I, wa- I catch, but it's not really something I seek out. Sure. Having watched this, I will say something. I think I would have liked to see this particular director, Mr. Dante, actually take a shot at a movie that's... I think might have been 
up his alley a little bit, even though it, it's kind of weird to say it. I, I think I would have liked to see him uh, have done Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Mm, yes. Uh, because it, there, there's a lot of Honey, I Shrunk the Kids... Like, or, there's a lot of there, there. seems to be a lot of what was in this movie would have been real great if it was also in Honey I Shrunk the Kids. Then there was neighbor interactions, um, and some yeah, but it, just just little things. I would have been like, you know what, this this might have been interesting to have him actually do that movie. Same year, oh Joe Johnston, that's who it was. Uh, Joe, uh, Joe Johnston, <laughs> director of The Rocketeer. And later on, uh, Captain America, First Avenger, and then Chumanji, some other things. My problem with Joe, <laughs> real quick, like on his superhero stuff, on Rocketeer and Captain America, they're almost the same in a way where he does the hero shows up, the bad guy stands there, they look at each other, and then he escapes out a side door a couple times. There's just something where like Joe doesn't embrace the action of his character like rocketeer maybe we'll get to it sometime but it always felt like it was just one bit away from being like one of the all-time greats yeah. cool visuals stuff like that um and first avenger just felt like it was missing a gear so i don't know that's funny um i haven't gone back to honey i shrunk the kids in a long 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 i mean probably since i watched it in the first bit that it came out but I could see it. It was looks like it was the same year as the Burb, so who huh. knows? Maybe he just wasn't available. I know. I think Dante was kind of under Spielberg's umbrella there because he'd worked on some. Um, what was his anthology show? The not miracles, like a amazing things or amazing stories. Amazing stories. He worked on some of those. You know, so I think was, Spielberg that a, produced. That was a Jim Henson project, wasn't it? No, that was the. Spielberg. Oh no 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 no. I'm thinking. I know, I know what Amazing Stories is. There was another anthology show with J Jim Henson. Fairy Tale Theater. No, that was uh -huh. true. Uh, it was. It was Jim Henson Presents. It was one. That mm. was really good. But. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, I just. I just I just wanted to throw that out there. That that just kind of popped into my head just now, just thinking about that. I was like, because I was thinking of the neighbors' interactions, and then it, it my brain went immediately to Honey, I Shrunk the Kids' neighbor interactions, and was thinking, oh, this might have been a more interesting movie, or Honey, I Shrunk the Kids might have been more interesting with uh, this guy directing, especially on the ominous end of you know giant insects trying to devour the children. Yeah, he, he would have made some cool horror with that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, anything else to kind of talk about on the mo main movie? Not much. Like mm -hmm. like I said, the, I mean, I, I I, I'm I'm just not very enthusiastic about the movie, even though I enjoyed it. You know, it's just like, oh, you know, it's a fun flick. You know, it's like something I would watch because someone else wanted to watch it, and I didn't hate it. So, yeah. Did so, Brian? What do you think about the ending of this? Um, throughout the movie, I, I was aware enough. So, so 
luckily I don't watch it so much. So this is almost like a first viewing because I didn't remember much of the movie. Um, I, w- I could have sworn. Uh, I was like, I, I could have sworn that I was like, oh, I, th- I think the neighbors are actually bad people. But the movie was leading away from that at the end. I was like, oh, yeah, OK, never mind. It, it, but this is a fun way to end the movie because it makes sense that because they talk about the Copex last house being burnt to the ground. And what happens at the end of this movie? Their house is burnt <laughs> to the ground. I was like, oh, that's a funny running joke. This happens to them all the time <laughs> because they're so strange. Their neighbors burn down their house. Turns out that's not the case, folks. These guys, these these people are very bad because they've been at least they they, they killed the original inhabitants of the house and they've burned them and cremated them in a very nice oven. Below very the, nice uh, oven. Or, a little yeah. noisy. Little noise. Well, that's because of the engineering work they are doing down there. For whatever reason, yeah. I don't know. I think it was when they were building it. Is what, like, you know, building it. It looked very antique. Yeah. Well, putting all the new stuff to it because uh, there was a yeah. lot of new pipe and stuff they put yeah, in. And I think that was the sounds they were hearing, um, which makes them made them yeah, curious yeah. about the. But, but yeah, they, they 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 are murderers, mass murderers, by the way, and. Um, yeah, the the movie the movie leads you to oh these people are you know this is a funny flick and they're having you know, and then it really leads you into hey they're probably not um, bad people they're just reclusive misunderstood yeah, and um, then it turns at the end after the they would have got away with what they did but uh, the doctor uh, thinks Tom Hanks is quite aware of what's happened because Tom Hanks didn't write a note his neighbor wrote a note that says i know what you did <laughs> <laughs> oh, art wrote it yeah our art did and um but they thought he did it uh so the doctor is thinking oh they've been in they've been into the basement he wrote the letter or the note that said i know what you did and the doctor is unconvinced the doctor assumes that tom hanks character knows exactly what's been going on which is they've been killing people and burning them in the furnace and yeah, you've and seen he, my skull you've seen my <laughs> yeah. skull it's like oh and it's funny because they didn't even think to look inside right they didn't see anything inside but the doctor assumes they saw the skull and we don't ever see it nope well eventually not the one he's talking about, but we get to see a skull. Yeah, we get to see several skulls and bodies mm-hmm. in the truck of the car. Interesting place to keep all that. Uh, they probably felt the heat was on and needed to move them away. Yeah, but they drove Thanks. away with the car, came back with the car, and right. still yeah. human remains. Maybe they were relocating. Oh, they might have been bringing bodies from like another location. Yeah, I think that's what they were. They were bringing them from another location, trying to Burn them there. They're going to bring it to their oven. Yeah. Yeah. We could speculate that on that. So, yeah, whatever, whatever the reason, they had a bunch of bodies in their trunk, and everything works out in the end. They've discovered mass murderer family, and the the neighborhood is now safe. And even after the amazing speech he gives about how they were the ones. They were the crazy neighbors, not not the Copex. Yeah. And then it turns out, no, no, you were you you were correct. You are the crazy neighbors, but 
the Copex but they are crazy on another, on another <laughs> level of crazy. What you know, one of my favorite lines though actually comes at the end, and it's with Mark uh, when he yells at Hans, "Hey, Pinocchio, where are you going?" When he's trying to sneak <laughs> out of the ambulance. Yeah. <laughs> so the uh, the reason I ask, Arthur, have you ever seen the uh, alternate ending to this? Oh my. I think so, but I don't remember. Uh, so the alternate ending, basically, uh, Carrie Fisher talks Art into apologizing to Ray in the back of the ambulance. And mm-hmm. they open it up and the doctor, Dr. Klopex, try, they catch him trying to stab him. And huh. then uh, they said that they moved to the suburbs to get away from the busy city life for peace and quiet. And then Hans throws out there, yeah, nobody in L.A. ever cared. (laughs) (laughs) So that's where the Klopex are from, Los Angeles. (laughs) I I thought I picked up a uh, Los Angeles uh, accent. (laughs) Especially (laughs) on Brother Theodore. Yeah. Klopex, is that a, you know, Slavic? No, L.A. (laughs) East Hollywood. I just, yeah, I love every answer he gives, though. It's, it's so short and just, is that Slavic? No. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't tell him where he's from. I also like when they're in the house meeting the Klopex for the first time, how Mark keeps turning over the doctor's picture. And then the doctor puts it how it's supposed to yeah. go. And you're like, it's an operating table. I mean, it's the view, you know, the view from the patient having an operating table. <laughs> I'm, I'm. This movie made me curious. I just, I have not had sardines. <laughs> they are nasty. Are you sure? What if I like them? Then you are nasty. No, then, yeah. then you like a nasty food. That's all it is. Well, you <laughs> know, sometimes you're in a mood. Have you ever got anchovies on a pizza? No. Have you ever eaten anchovies? No. I've had anchovies on pizza. Okay. Well, I, I I don't care for sardines. I know a lot of people do like sardines, and uh, just not not for me. And uh, I I associate this movie closely with the idea of them, <laughs> <laughs> so it's never jumped out as something I've been interested. In. Yeah. Sardines. Because that pretzel. sound of that sound of Tom Hanks choking. <laughs> I like how that, that entire part where they give him the pretzel and the sardine. And he just takes one of each, and he just kind of real slow bite into it. The best part about that is he looks at Carrie Fisher whenever he's getting it, and she's like, yeah, take it. But she only took a pretzel. She left them sardines alone. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, Ray, go ahead and eat a sardine with that pretzel. <laughs> I enjoyed that. Ryan, no, sweet treat. Sweet treat? All right. Over. The heck was that? Okay. Um, my sweet treat has to do with the Copex. Uh, I was curious because there was a narrative choice or aesthetic choice in the movie to sell the point that the Copex were strange and ominous. They gave their their lawn in the exterior of their house a real Adams family look. Mm-hmm. And Though this was a comedy and it's not meant to be highly realistic, um, I was like curious. I was like, well, the, the, the Klopek, 
I'm saying it wrong. I didn't want to break your flow, but yeah. No, that's all right. No, 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 that's all right. Um, I didn't want to break your flow, so I just sent you a message. I added in the chat. You can just ingest it while you're talking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, uh, My bad. Anyway, uh, I was I was curious. I was like, well, even though that's a this is a comedy and it's an aesthetic choice. I mean, look at the lawn. It was it was right. It had no grass. There's like bits of vegetation. Plants were dying everywhere. And the outside of it was real run down. And most homeowners associations would have people do something about that. But I was curious. I was like, huh, they've been cremating bodies. So I looked up on the Internet and apparently and with their <clears throat> piping system, there might have been. They, they might have been disposing of the ashes in the yard because ashes of human body uh, bodies have a high content of salt and other things that aren't so good for um, vegetation. So I'm assuming if we're going to you know, make apologies for the idea that their lawn is, is starkly different than everyone else's, the reason their lawn appeared to be that way was not only do they not care for it, but it's also poisoned with human ashes, mm. which I... will kill vegetation. You think it would have been that quick? Well, they'd been there for a month, mm-hmm. but it, I, I'm just I'm just trying to. It, it, it's a loose and and it's a it's a fast and loose sweet treat. But I just wanted to say that that could have been a possibility of why things were because they Tom Hanks does mention aren't they going to do something about their lawn? Well, there might not be anything they can do because they've poisoned it with human ashes. <clears throat> because we don't ever deal with any ashes, but we do know that he's been burning the bodies. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the piping might have been to let the ashes go out through the roof somewhere, and we never see them actually burning anything, do we? There's no, there's no evidence of I, that. I'm curious if they've even burned anything there yet, because I, they were still working on the piping at the beginning of the film. Well, maybe that's why they were working on the piping, because they didn't want to have to dispose of it so readily yeah. in the lawn and just let it pipe off into the atmosphere and you know kill other people. blow into the kill yeah. in the blow into the neighbor's yards and kill yeah. them yeah I like that brian yeah so that was that you know it, it it's something this movie didn't have a whole lot of sweet treat to it until i was like you know what that seems weird i'm gonna do some research so yes fbi um the reason i searched the effects of human remains on the lawn <laughs> <laughs> Was and and I immediately after I searched that I put in the burbs so that they I would I'd have a defense in court. It's like oh well I was searching for the burbs and now we have this show, which was recorded less than two hours after I did that research or about two hours. Yeah, that's amazing. Yep, good stuff, Brian. Always have an alibi. Clopex. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's a sweet treat. So everyone now knows that if you want to dispose of human remains of uh, burnt bodies, don't do it in your lawn. Could have told do you. Do the neighbors. Well, um, that'll. Just... Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, rankings now. Maybe sure. Yes. Yeah. Uh, here on the Lost Remote Podcast, we rank. Every movie we've seen up against each other. So right now, the greatest movie of all time is, of course, everyone would know, 
Is it? It's the Lost Boys. Is it Lost Boys? <laughs> Everyone would know except for the person that keeps the charts. Well, the joke, the joke there being is it's only stuff we review. Uh, yeah. So. Um, Lost Boys. I was looking at mine for a second. I do the thing with the Excel sheet where it's like zoomed over. So I was trying to like. Oh, you're good, dude. Buy some time while I was going. Yeah. Uh, Zach, you want to go first? Your top three, Lost Boys, Scrooged, and New Nightmare. No, keep going. I, do you want to I, wanna, I wanna say something so we can all feel bit good about ourselves here. Yeah. We're getting into the tough stuff. Yeah. Like, at this point in our ranking system, like, unless the movie's real bad, you know, it, it won't end up on the bottom. That, yeah, that's why like, I was asking. You we're going to have a lot of mid-ranges now, uh, and... and it, I want everybody to know that I understand. Everyone listening should understand at this point. We we need to stop feeling bad if we're going to put them on a lower ranking because it's going to be lower ranking, but the lower mm-hmm. ranking movies are also real good. It's just, you know, and we're not really picking stuff we hate. So that's the that's another thing. I haven't I don't think I've picked anything I hate. You pick mm-hmm. Sundown. Uh I didn't pick that. <laughs> you picked Basket Case too. <laughs> he doesn't hate it. I know, I know, I got it. So anyway, uh, road, but you know, you got to get the three. Yeah. So keep rolling, Arthur. Yeah, sorry. Let me, let me hear the next. Like, I want to do alleviating guilt before we did our evil rank. dead arachnophobia poltergeist. Oh, what's after that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> go go Batman about returns I... warriors blob. Okay, okay, okay. That that that's exactly as far as you needed to go. I will put this above Batman Returns. Um, like I said, it's not my favorite Dante movie, and it's not my favorite movie with everybody in it. But I, anytime I see it on a streaming service, I watch it. I don't seek it out. It's just when I see it, I watch it, and I really enjoy. It. There's bits and pieces of it I watch. So, and it's one of the movies I can just put on and not pay attention to. So, and just pick right up whenever it's going. Uh, it's weird with my Excel right now where it's doing like the side to side doesn't go side to side. Very odd. Mm. Like, what's the deal where like when you click in a cell and it doesn't click over? Mm. I don't know. Guys, I just need to reload. I will later. I can I can yeah. eke this out. Uh, Brian, you want me to go first? Or you got it. I'll I'll go. I'll let you do the... Your top three, New Nightmare, Batman Returns, and Poltergeist. All right. Um, Scrooge denied arachnophobia blog. You said this wasn't even in your... um, What about uh, Pumpkinhead, Lost Boy? I'm just jumping around now. Yeah, keep... Yeah, um... Valentine. Okay, it's going to be above probably the Valentine flicks. So let's go okay. from the Valentine. House, last... Frankenhooker, Hellraiser, Basket Case 3. Okay, um, I will watch. The, so there it, it goes House and then what? What's after House? Down. Frankenhooker, Hellraiser, Basket Case 3. And then. Valentine Squirm. Okay, this goes this goes right above Valentine. Okay. No harm, no foul there. No, no. 
my top three: Batman Returns, Lost Boys, New Nightmare. I'm gonna put it in front of New Nightmare. I love the Burbs. I figured you would put it up. I didn't know you put it at number three. I thought you put it high though. It's an all timer for me. I just watch it all the time, uh, like annually and stuff like that. Uh, I can tell you, it's probably on paper, maybe a bit. I don't know. I love the burbs. So that changes the ranking in zero ways. <laughs> That's right. All right. Pairings. Pairings. Arthur, go first. I haven't still haven't decided, or Brian, it doesn't matter. I still haven't decided a pairing yet. There's I'll a couple go of first, or or dating. You want me to go first? I'll go. I want Brian go. to go first. Okay, I'm going first. I paired this with Beetlejuice. Hey, I like it. I had Beetlejuice. I. It, it, I was inspired, like something about some of the feeling of the neighborhoodness of it, like at the beginning <laughs> of Beetlejuice, and. The zoom in at the beginning reminded me a little bit of the intro to Beetlejuice with the model town. Sure. Like I said, uh, you know, Dante and, and Elf or and Burton, I think, kind of operate. Which in... is why I, I kind of smiled to myself when you yeah. mentioned Burton. I was like, oh, because I'd already picked Beetlejuice for this. I think I may be wrong, but I think I got to see where this was shot. I think this neighborhood is on the Universal lot, and I think it's part of the tour. Um, It gets turned into different things, but that little neighborhood, I think, is on the Universal lot. Um, I didn't pre-research that, but as a little factoid, I think that's true. Yeah, and uh, for viewing order, I would view the Burbs first, and then we'll finish off with Beetlejuice. What again? Burbs first, and then Beetlejuice. That's three times. Oh, no. <sighs> Static. That's all you get from my end. Uh, so I would definitely watch... Uh, actually, Zach hooked me up with the pairing here. I would I would show an episode or two of Erie, Indiana, just as like a warm-up. Did you guys watch that show? I don't think so. No, I did not watch the original one. I saw a little bit of the uh, the remake a few years yeah. later, which is like ninety five ish, I think. You would have loved some Erie Andy in the Erie Indiana, I think. It was and you know, know it has the kid from Hocus Pocus. Yeah. As a star of it. Um, imagine kinda like some youth appropriate Twilight Zone stories, but they're all happening in the town and the kid is observing them. Um like the first episode, I remember seeing the premiere and being like, What's this gonna be? And it had, of course, because it's Joe Dante. You know the twins, the scientists in Gremlins 2? Yeah. They're the sons of this weird lady in in the neighborhood. Uh And she keeps having these little, like, Tupperware parties at her house. But it's for for, forever wear, and your food doesn't go bad in it. And they're investigating how weird she is. And the twins, like, kind of leave a note. No, it's different twins. It's not them, is it? It might be them at the end. I don't I know. Thought, we haven't seen it. I thought they were in there. Anyway, the... Uh, we can't help you, Arthur. We can't help you. <laughs> I know. All you. I, I all just you. might have been, like, creating memories. Anyway, uh, oh, that's, they, good. that's a good sign. They find out that the, uh, 
they're all staying like the same age because they sleep in giant forever wear. Um, and then oh, they like, nice. leave open in this and the twins age. And I feel like it's those twins from. Yeah, it's the twins from. Um, Gremlins 2. From Gremlins 2 show up as like the older versions. It's funny. It's nice. Erie, Indiana so, was great. Okay. Big fan. Uh, and I'm going to show uh, the Burbs and going to cap it off with a little Dragnet. Yeah, I like Dragnet. <laughs> I been a while. So yeah, this I was want, I was interested to see if um, before I pair it, what Brian would take because I had a few movies I was thinking, and Beetlejuice was one, and I was like, I don't want to steal Brian. You know, he might select that, and so I knew how Brian's a big fan of Beetlejuice. So I will pair this with uh, the movie Clue, nice. because yes. I really enjoy the movie Clue, and I enjoy this so. And I will start off with the burbs and finish with Clue. I like that a lot. That's a fun evening. Yeah. The other the other option I had was I thought about going with uh, the Adams family with Raul Julia. Sure. Yeah. yeah just quirky neighbors. <laughs> yeah. But I, I Clue is the way to go. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Mm-hmm. Good. Good. Uh, good call. Uh, I. Went to the theater the other night. Oh yeah, what did you see? I, I watched a, an assault on the concept of physics, and very much enjoyed Fast Nine. Yeah, I was gonna say that's at the drive-in this weekend. <laughs> it was. It was. Oh, yeah, it is with oh, Black Widow. Black it Widow was, and Fast Nine. Black Widow. It, it was so funny. Uh, just like like where you're like, <laughs> oh, why? Like it's that ridiculous. Like me and my buddy went and. We were trying not to ruin it for everyone, but if it had been an empty theater, I would have just been howling at the top of my lungs for like half of the movie because there's so much ridiculous. Uh, it was such a good time. Yeah. There is a lot of extra plot, uh, but Justin Lin came what? back to direct it and he had done five and six. And I thought he balanced some of that stuff a little better than seven and eight because seven and eight got really boring through the action. Uh, we get to watch John Cena put Vin Diesel's head through a doorway. That's a good time. Dude, um, eight, he punches a torpedo. What did he think it was a shark or something? <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> no, I'm just saying uh, that was a good time. I have officially reinstated my AMCA list pass for the first time in like 16 months and like i've got got the new purge to check out got the new escape room coming up and black widow like it's gonna be a good time so there you go um since we've last recorded i've been diving into movies like crazy so i watched uh uh, the bill and ted trilogy nice and uh you know that was a pretty fun time uh the third one was I was expecting it'll be. I know I I was expecting it to be worse. (laughs) Honestly, like it's very sweet. Yes, it's different. It's it's a little different in the 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 real like the thirty second like I wished uh I wished that it would have retained the part of the first two where the other people are like real people. 
and it's only Bill and Ted who are kind of like the character. Like this is one of those ones where like modern comedies where everybody has to be funny. Uh-huh. Like you see, like you know, uh, girl from workaholics is like their marriage counselor and things like that. There's some stuff, but it was very sweet. It was the kind of movie I needed last August. You know, like I enjoyed it. It's quick. You could tell they were doing it. You could tell they had the budget they had to make it or it wasn't going to get made and they went ahead and made it. And I'm glad they did. Yep. Yeah. I enjoyed it. It was, it was fun. It, like I said, I was expecting something so much worse because, you know, you dive into a well, usually that much later and you're just rehashing. And yeah. I was pretty happy with it. No, um, I, I liked a lot of the concepts. Yeah. I have also enjoyed the first two fear street movies. Mm. Absolutely um, on my radar. So you haven't watched them yet? Not yet. Good stuff. Brian, have you seen them? No. They are on Netflix, and the third Fear Street will be out this Friday when this episode drops, so I'll be watching that as well. It's a pretty dope release schedule they've done for that. Yeah, one one a week. I Did you guys read any of the Fear Street books when you were younger? I didn't even know they were books, man. Okay, I I read Goosebumps. I never read Fear Street from. Well, Arles, so that's so. so that's the difference, right? Is I'm like two or three years older than you guys, and when Goosebumps was popping, it was already kind of like a little out of my range. But that line of books, I discovered like that Fear Street, and I forget what his other thing was, and that's what I was reading was those slightly older than Goosebumps horror books. Yeah. Uh, like- Whenever we got out of like fifth grade, I think was when Goosebumps first started becoming really big, and uh, there were ten of them out. And I mean that, I, I give mad respect to R.L. Stein. That dude writes a lot of books. <laughs> well, yeah, because when he was doing Goosebumps, he was doing Fear Street. There was also one that I really liked that was like set in like 1700s or 1600s, and it kind of explained why there was witchy stuff there and haunted stuff there. It was like looking at the history of the town, like. He, there was there was different tastes there and age levels and some neat things going on. I I can't recall much of it to you, yeah. Uh, yeah. But but just having the Fear Street brand on it and using some of that, like even if I think I've heard these are new like original stories, but taking the tone from it, I'm really happy. Like these are getting made because I was a fan of the slightly older R.L. Stein stuff. Yeah. They're- they are a good time, so I would recommend that you watch them. Um, and they 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 remind me, you know, they the movies are set perfectly. The first two, which is ninety four and seventy eight, they are set perfectly for the time. Like the movie is made great for the time that it would have came out or the year that it's supposed to represent. It's fantastic. So. Nice. Then I also watched Willy's Wonderland, and uh, if you have a chance to watch Willy's Wonderland on Hulu, I really would say check it out. It's Nicolas Cage fighting a possessed Chuck E. Cheese's. It's awesome. Silent Cage rage, right? Yeah, he he grunts. He does not speak. Yeah. Spoilers. Yep. Great stuff, though. Great, great movie. Well, not really great, great movie. Just fun, fun movie, I should say. I've been watching some movies too. I watched uh, Master and Commander. Uh, Was that a first time? No, 
No, I, I, I will occasionally go back to it. Um, My dad has wanted me to... Like, he loves that movie, and I, oh, yeah, I need great. to watch it. I've never seen it. Uh, well, it's uh, it's on something. I can't remember. It might be Hulu, or... I think it's on Prime. <clears throat> All um, I've also watched... Uh, uh, what I think it was also on Prime, uh, Space Truckers. <laughs> What's Space Truckers? <laughs> um, yeah, yeah have you seen Space Truckers, Arthur? Do you like do you like Debbie Mazar? You know who that is. Uh-uh. Oh, never mind. Uh, she was one of uh, Two Faces ladies in the. Uh, ah. She, she uh, I think she was Spice. Yeah, she was Spice. Do you I think like? She's uh, also Steven an Dorf? Entourage. I. It yep. looks like she's I want to see this movie. Space Truckers. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Go ahead, watch it. Um, I also it, watched... it really doesn't hold up with uh. No. There's latest uh, critique of Marvel movies. <laughs> yeah. But um, uh, I also watched uh, the uh, newer, two of the newer uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre movies. I like, um, are you talking about Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3D? No, I'm talking about the, the Chainsaw Texas... The Texas Chainsaw Massacre one with Jessica Biel. I think that's the first one that came out. And then there's the other one, The Beginning. Okay. I watched those two. I really like Texas Chainsaw from 2013. I think I think that's the one I'm talking about. No. Oh? Um, no, you're, the Jordana Brewster's like 06. I've okay. kind of pulled up here. Cool. No, so this is the uh, uh, Alexandra Daddario one. Um, ah, where it's done as like a sequel to the original, like gotcha. twenty or something years later. Uh, okay. I saw it last year for the first time. I was like, "Dope, I'm in." Which one? <laughs> Texas Chainsaw, 2013. Oh, well, you watch Space Truckers. I think I think you'll you'll love Debbie Debbie Mazar. She's nice. the lady in it. I, I'm going to tell you, he knows who she is. He just doesn't know her name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You'll know oh. her. Yeah. <laughs> See? She's the, she's uh, on Entourage. She's her pub, his publicist. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Entourage. Yeah. Uh, Brian, any other call you out things? No, no, I don't, I don't think. Uh, I think that's what I'm. What I've watched in the meantime, currently was watching once again, uh, Never Sleep Again, because I nice to have do on. enjoy that watching, yeah, watching some Nightmare on Elm Street in the background as I played yeah. my video games, and I was like, you know what, I'm gonna play that. Those documentaries are great. <clears throat> yeah. Well, uh, is that? Oh, yeah. oh, anything else? What? No. Nope. Nope. Well, what are we watching next? Next? Well, uh, you know, Arthur wants to do, you know, summer blockbuster esque, you know, what, 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 what we would pick, I guess. And Arthur's done his, and you, Zach, you did Arachnophobia. Mine's not a blockbuster, but like, well, this is what summer. we, you know, yeah, 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 summer, summer esque thing. I, I'm picking, uh, because I want to do this one, uh, Ghostbusters. Uh, finally gonna do ghostbusters break the seal 
Breaking the seal. That's one of the seals on the show. I have multiple seals on the show that I feel are seals that have yet to be broken. And uh, I'm I'm breaking the Ghostbusters seal. Not, I don't even need to watch it. I just I know, stand I know, right? And recite it. You know, right? <laughs> so yeah, so so Arthur needs to know. As children, Zach and I would act out the film while it was playing. Like and, we know this thing inside and out. Yeah. And then we'd we'd go outside <clears throat> and act it out afterwards yeah. after we watched yeah. it. And we watched mm-hmm. Ghostbusters every day. Yeah, at I think, the I think in the first episode of uh, our podcast, we mentioned that uh, what our favorite movie probably was, at least then and probably still now, is uh, Ghostbusters. So, holla. Here's a spoiler alert. There are going to be some ranking shakeups next week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I, was like, yeah I was like, you know, I, I wanted to do the movie. That's not the reason I'm picking it, but I, I, I was aware that would be a side effect of the pick. <laughs> Look out, Basket Case 3. And I wanted to move us back to an uh, area of my, my personal interest and expertise yeah. when it comes to the uh, films that we watch, Supernatural, which is You're- qualifies. Arthur, your joke would work better if you'd have been like, "Look, look out, sundown! Ghostbusters is coming yeah, for you." Sundown, watch out! Ghostbusters is coming for you. Ba 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 ba. Debbie uh, was in Dancing with the Stars in 2005. Oh, there are some photos here of her doing a tango or something. <laughs> awesome, attractively. <laughs> She's got that great look. I, I do. She like does. Her. She does. Yeah. Very distinct. All right, Brian, take us home. All right. This movie. I don't know why you would move into a neighborhood to conduct your criminal activity. I I I feel like you should, as a mass murderer, know better than to go into a neighborhood of what would be considered normal people and and act so bizarrely. It it just just to all you mass murderers out there, maybe it's best not to be so obvious. <laughs> just try to fit in, you know. As kind and as inviting as you want to be after your neighbors barge in on you, that's not going to matter. If you're trying to fit in, a little camouflage goes a long way. So maybe take care of your lawn, repaint the house. Who knows? But just don't be so obvious. 